I think philosophically, Bowden kind of embraces not invented here syndrome. I think that when everything is in one package, you can really make it a lot faster and you can really make it a, a better developer experience. It's just a question of like, how do you make sure it works well and how do you actually ship it? The shipping part is the harder part at first. And then the how do you make it works well becomes the harder part. And I think the answer to those questions are mostly writing a lot of tests. But I think the main thing here is that for these really common use cases of data, running database queries, Bun just needs to be really fast. And the best way to do that is through having those APIs be part of a Bun where it can be relatively easily optimized for Bun. And welcome to Pod Rocket. Today I'm here with Jared Sumner, who is the creator of Bun, uh, which is seeing a lot of talk of Bun um, kind of in the Twitter sphere. It's a new uh, JavaScript runtime, similar or kind of a new version of Node or Deno. So really excited to learn about it. Um, how are you? How are you doing today? Otherwise, Jared, pretty good. And so before we kind of get into talking about Bun, curious to learn a bit about you know, your background, your journey, and what led you to, to go out there and create a new JavaScript runtime? Yeah, uh, before Bun, uh, I was building a game. In, it was like a really big multiplayer voxel game in the browser. And I just kept running into, I, the game got to be pretty large as a code base. And it just got really slow to build. Uh, it was a front end, it was written in JavaScript. Uh, and so I started to work a lot on the build tools for the game to try to make it build faster and try to improve the iteration cycle time. But uh, eventually, I found myself just spending more time on the iteration cycle time and the, and the build tools than the actual game. So then I was like, well, okay, what if I just do that instead? Got it. And so I guess Bun was born. And what is, yeah, what, what is Bun? How is it different than Node, which most people are familiar with? Uh, so Bun is an all-in-one JavaScript runtime. It combines a bundler, a transpiler, a package manager, a script runner, all-in-one, in addition to being a runtime. Uh, and so it comes with a JavaScript, it comes with a TypeScript transpiler, JSX transpiler, uh, and all of this is quite a bit faster than anything that exists today. Got it. And just for folks who maybe aren't as familiar with the intimate details of the modern JavaScript stack, like each of those pieces, bundler, transpiler, package manager, script runner, like those, if you're working with Node, those are like each a separate tool, right? So bundler people would use like, Webpack or one of those, um, Transpiler, people, is Babel the most popular one? or what? Yeah, probably yeah, people, t t Yeah, probably Babel, um, Package Manager, like Yarn or NPM. So have you like rebuilt each of those pieces of infrastructure all in one pack, all in one kind of platform or do, do you? Exactly. Wow, so you really. It's rebuilt. And is everything built from scratch? Pretty much. Wow, so a lot of infrastructure to build there, I guess. Maybe take me through each part of that stack and talk about some of the some of the ways where Bun is different or improves upon the, the kind of standard tools everyone uses with Node. Yeah, so uh, Bun install, which is the npm package manager, it's a, it, on Linux. It installs about twenty times to hundred times faster than npm. Uh, when you're specifically when you're dealing with cache installs, which is the common case where you you've already installed most of the packages once um, and you're installing it again because you cleaned out your node modules folder or uh, maybe there were some updates since the last time you did git pull. Um, and so that's faster because mostly due to system call 
overhead is really, really low uh, with Bun. Uh, just a lot of work went into making that really fast. Um, and also because uh, Zig really, is, Bun is written in Zig mostly. And uh, Zig is really good for this type of systems programming to, to do it as quickly as possible while also not like going crazy with, because it's a, it's a low level systems language with manual memory management. So uh, that makes it, it by, by its nature without garbage collection, things are a little bit harder. But Zig does a really good job of making it easier than it would be otherwise in like C. Got it. So Zig, I'm actually not super familiar with that language. Is it relatively new or it's been around, just not as popular? Or? Yeah, so Zig is a pretty new programming language. Uh, it's sort of the most the easiest one to compare it to is probably Rust. Um, uh, they're, they're both systems languages. Uh, Zig is really focused on C compatibility and, uh, and being really fast. Um, and and being and giving you really low really con tight control over uh, everything that's going on. It's it's really easy in other programming languages to for there to be like lots of hidden behavior when you call a function. It might call another function at the end of the scope. Um, uh, Zig doesn't have any of that. It doesn't have Zig has a philosophy of no hidden control flow, which means you can you pretty much know everything that's going on, which is really good for performance because it's very easy to. Uh, that's a lot of what makes software slow is that you're doing a bunch of work. You don't even realize you're doing that work and it's unnecessary. Got it. So you chose, you chose Zig and is that, is like that the primary innovation that lets, you know, uh, Bun be so much faster or like what else goes into the fact that Bun is so much faster than the existing tools? Um, honestly, the it, Zig is a, Zig is a big part of it, but I would say the, the biggest thing is just like a lot of time spent profiling, just like, Looking at what is because really like all of these things started slow, uh, like the especially the transpiler. So the very first versions of the transpiler were, were slower than ES built, uh, and then I did a lot of profiling. I did a lot of uh, looking at exactly what it was doing to be, to make it faster and and messing around mostly with the memory allocation stuff. Uh, that led to after that it was like three times faster. Um, uh, so I think the fa three times faster than ES built. Um, so I think uh, the answer to like why is Bun fast is it's mostly just a lot of time spent trying to make it fast. Enjoying the podcast? Consider hitting that follow button for more great episodes. And just I guess a question about transpilation: like, does transpilation speed have any impact, or like, does the work you did around transpilation have any impact on like production run speed or more just build speed, which is obviously an important part of the development cycle? Well, um, the, the way I'm thinking about this long-term is that I want people to be doing, uh, Bun will eventually have a production transpiler API uh, or slash bundling API. And I think what, what's with, what people will do with that is they will actually bundle and transpile in network requests. Um, and so for that, you need to be really fast. Uh, but the reason why I think people will do that is because it's going to enable a lot of new kinds of uh, plugin systems where you have this dynamic code generation and you sort of do server-side JavaScript rendering, similar to you do server-side HTML rendering. Um, but we, if you can embed the data, it makes a lot of, it'll let people delete a bunch of code. Got it. Help me understand that a bit more. Like what's an example of um, what being able to do that um, you know, real-time JavaScript code generation will let you do. One example would be like, say you're you have like a a page that renders a bunch of sub client side, like a really long list of content. Um, 
and you you know that the page is like relatively static, but there might be like some amount of interactivity to it. So you're writing in React, you're, you have like some code that fetches uh, from from an API endpoint. Uh, instead, you can just embed you using a, a, the same kind of function call that you might with React. You could just embed the data into the bundle, and then there's no extra network request. It's just you're you fetch the code and it's in the code. Got it. And normally that that kind of skips like a, you, you can do that if you do like statically rendered HTML, but then you have this. Uh, hydration problem where you have to reload, you have to like look, you potentially have to load the data again anyway, or you load it twice, once for like the DOM version and then once for the JavaScript version. It's it it's much easier if the code is just, if, if the data is just in the code. And then it also enables dead code elimination that's like really precise. Uh, so uh, if you're only, it, because it knows everything that's being used and it knows that there's no side effects from the data being injected into the build, uh, you can you can remove all the data that you don't, the, all the parts of the data that you're not using. Uh, that that part is actually implemented today uh, in in the through the macro API in Bun. Um, Got it. And so let's talk a bit more about the script runner. So, as of today, um, is Bun like truly a drop in replacement for Node in terms of actually executing JavaScript, or are there any gaps in terms of uh, APIs that it doesn't yet support? It's there's a lot of stuff that still needs to be implemented on the node uh, for node APIs today. The 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 APIs that are furthest along are FS, uh, uh, buffer, path, and and then also Nappy, no, the node API native modules, um, and then as well as just like node module support, which are independent of uh, of node APIs. Uh, like you could just require you can use require and import in the same file in Bun. So, so there's, but there still is a lot of work to do on the Node API compatibility stuff, and it's a, it is a priority. Uh, but the, the easiest way to use Bun right now is Bun Run, uh, because you can just use that instead of npm run, and it's faster. It's something like thirty times faster to start a script, and the reason why is because Bun takes somewhere between five, six milliseconds to start, sometimes less depending on the platform, uh, and npm takes something like one hundred sixty milliseconds to two hundred something milliseconds to start. So you're paying when you do npm run, you're paying that cost every single time you start a script. And so in Bun, because you just, that just literally saves you time. And is part of that because uh, Bun doesn't yet support a lot of the features npm does, or do you think even once you kind of reach feature parity in terms of API supported, it will still be that much faster? It's still going to be that much faster. This is the, for and Bun run; it does essentially the same thing. Uh, it reads the package JSON scripts. It reads the bins from node modules slash dot bin. One run is actually really simple. Uh, that most of that was written in about a day, because um, uh, it was most of the other infrastructure for like reading package JSON and like JSON parser and all that stuff was already written for the transpiler. And help me understand, like, why is Node and NPM so much slower? Is it just like they've been around for a really long time and have a lot of like historical cruft that kind of just slows things down, or is it? Like, what is the, or is it just they were architected in a, in a way that's just less efficient? Like, why have you been able to achieve such more significant performance gains by kind of rewriting from the ground up? In the in the bun run case, it's mostly, a lot of that is just startup time. JavaScript takes a long time to start up. Native code doesn't. Um, uh, but the other parts of it are just like, I think there's, with this kind of going back to the whole, to Zig, uh, because you have really t- like low level control over everything, uh, and Bun basically built 
almost everything from scratch, excluding like some standard library stuff and say like arrays. Um, uh, it means that all of it can be, it's much more straightforward to optimize all of it uh, when you when you basically own the whole stack. Uh, whereas in, in Node slash JavaScript slash NPM, uh, you have to use like, you have like the JavaScript built-ins and then you have some APIs that are like written in C++ and then you have a bunch of JavaScript on top of it. So it's like very hard to, to actually figure out everything that's going on and, and uh, make it faster in a lot of cases. But also part of it is just that like, uh, there's a lot of code in, in Node and it's in, uh, it's hard to, uh, it's, it's hard to make stuff, it's, it's easier to make stuff faster when there's less code. What does all that extra code do though? Like, is it just kind of legacy stuff that's not necessary for in the certain case, things? Or, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I think in they they're, they're they're fixing some of this with heap snapshots, but uh, it basically loads a lot of code at startup uh, that is just unrelated to the code you're actually trying to run. Um, in Bun's case, uh, in it, it Bun also has a lot of code now, but it's it, because it's almost all there's very very little JavaScript in Bun actually. Um, uh, it loads pretty quickly. Like in Bun Run, there actually is no JavaScript right now. Got it. Hey, this is Emily, one of the producers for Pod Rocket. I'm so glad you're enjoying this episode. You probably hear this from lots of other podcasts, but we really do appreciate our listeners. Without you, there would be no podcasts. And because of that, it would really help if you could follow us on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to bring you conversations with great devs like Evan Yu and Rich Harris. In return, we'll send you some awesome PodRocket stickers. So check out the show notes on this episode and follow the link to claim your stickers as a small thanks for following us on Apple Podcasts. All right, back to the show. And as of today, is Bun, is it exclusively you or is there a is it um, you know an open source project that other folks are working on? Like, what is the yeah? What is the development? Bun has a number of contributors. Um, I'm still definitely the the most by commit slash code volume, but I, I think this is it's starting to get it's starting to change. Um, you, if you go on if you go on the contributors list, you'll see there's a bunch of PRs, and uh, it's it's been really awesome seeing the reception. It, like honestly, I did not expect nearly this much. Uh, Bun is at like. I think 29,000 stars on GitHub now, um, which is like a lot more than I anticipated. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, congrats. And did you, have you done anything to like market Bun or people have kind of just found it organically? The only thing I really did was I sent, I posted on Hacker News on the day it launched and I tweeted about it. I basically, well, I think really the answer here is I've been tweeting about Bun for about a year, like the entire time I've worked on it. Um, but it was in private beta for most of that time. Uh, it was like, the private beta was like you had to go to Bun's Discord and type "I want Bun," and then a bot would send you an invite link. Um, uh, and I think about four thousand people did that. Um, and then, uh, and then after that, it was just after I went public with it. Then uh, it's just mostly been people seemed really excited. And in terms of use cases, like obviously you can run scripts with fast, like you can run scripts faster. Um, you know, Bun can be a drop-in replacement once kind of the more of the APIs are built out, it will be just a true drop-in replacement for Node and, and many um, backends. I'm thinking, I imagine that because of the fast startup time, there's a good application for like um, serverless here where you're kind of running functions at the edge. Is that a use case you're thinking about? I've been thinking about that a lot. 
Uh, I think that I have a lot of ideas there. Uh, and I think Bun is something that will be a focus for Bun, but probably a little bit after it's stable. Uh, we want to have stability within six months, uh, like a stable release within six months. Uh, and I think after that point, one of the things we're full focus on is an edge, specifically like a, ver a version of Bun for the edge. Uh, it will have like single file deploys. Uh, so that way, and it'll do this really efficiently because it'll use like a binary bundling format uh, to turn it all into one compact file that loads uh, uh, one of the, like, there's some issues ex with existing bundlers, how they bundle for server-side JavaScript. A lot of the time you have to embed uh, assets as base64, which is much less efficient than uh, just as, like, binary data and with, like, byte offsets. Um, uh, so so Bun will have, like, a bundling format that works specifically for Bun uh, that will solve some of these problems. And this will also improve startup time for, for that edge case, for that use case. I remember when Cloudflare first launched their edge, um, their Cloudflare functions or whatever, there was a, um, they did a whole write-up and like one of the reasons they chose the V8 runtime is just because the sandboxing is known to be really good. It's been like hardened for years and years because obviously you have to have really good sandboxing if you're running a web browser. Is that like... This is not really true. Um, the V8, yeah, the, the V8 team uh, publicly will say that, and I don't, obviously I don't speak for them at all, uh, but they'll, they'll, they don't just, they don't say that the, V8 isolates are a security boundary. Um, this is just not true. Okay, then I stand corrected. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm curious, like, if... if um, but it's a common thing that, that people think. Yeah, maybe, I'll have to dig up that blog post again, because I, you know, maybe there was something else they were using for the sandboxing, but, like, is that... would With Bun, like, would there be... Would work need to be done around sandboxing in order for it to be, like, a drop-in replacement for, like, a public provider of edge uh, hosting? Honestly, being a, for a, being a drop-in replacement for a public provider isn't actually a, a, a priority. Um, the, it's more being a drop-in replacement for, for people instead of the hosting companies. Um, uh, I think longer term, Bonnie's going to have, have a solution for this, um, but it's just a little too early right now. Uh, I think that uh, I definitely think a lot about this, about like how it'll actually run on the edge. Um, and I'm, I'm still not really sure yet is, is, is the answer. It's still a little too early to figure out. The first thing is for Bun to be stable. Uh, that's the main priority um, because it, like, it needs to run stably in production before, the, before actually deploying it makes sense. Um, but I think... Uh, I do. I, the, the the broader question here is like, how will it run? Will it be per? Will it will it be multiple instances per process? Will it be? Will you need like a separate Firecracker like VM? That's sort of your question. Um, and mm. I think the answer will be that it can run multiple per process, but I think it'll be a little bit longer. Like maybe it's a year out before that happens, um, because I think there's a lot of. Uh, it just needs really, really, really good test coverage for that for that scenario, uh, and it's the test coverage just isn't there yet. Uh, the reason why is because why why the reason why it needs really good test coverage for that is because since Bun is written mostly in native code with manual memory management, all of the, like it's much easier for situations that could could happen with like memory leaks um, and things like that. And so, uh, if, particularly if you're loading and unloading dynamically, because that's what that would be necessary for a multiple isolate scenario and, and 
JavaScript core doesn't call them isolates, it just calls them v VMs. But uh, so for, for that scenario, uh, and right now, because Bun typically runs one per process, most of the tests are once per process. Uh, but this is going to also need to be fixed regardless, because Bun is going to need to have worker support, uh, like the browser worker global, as well as uh, nodes, child, child workers, child threads, worker threads. Uh, that's what it's called. Uh, uh, worker threads, uh, and so so Bun is going to have just going to support both of these, um, and so, so this it'll have a similar problem then. Uh, so I imagine it will be dealt with in the next six months, but it still is going to need a lot of test coverage before uh, I, I would say that it works for a runtime. So help me understand roadmap a bit more. You you mentioned that um, you know feature parity and is with with Node is important. Beyond that, like. Yeah, what does the roadmap look like for the next year or so? Um, yeah, so the ro the the roadmap is uh, a few different things. One is the the bundler itself and transpiler needs to be production ready. That means that it needs to have a built-in minifier. Uh, it needs to have really good tree shaking. It needs to support code splitting. Uh, it needs to have some link time optimizations, like support const enums. It needs to have some cross-module inlining. Uh, it needs to support multiple output formats. Uh, it also needs a CSS parser. Um, this will most likely be a port of ESBuild CSS parser to Bun. Uh, that's actually how the transpiler started, was I ported ES, ESBuild's transpiler to Zig and then made it faster. Um, that was like the very first start of Bun. Uh, then all of this needs to be exposed uh, as runtime APIs. Then after that, um, it also needs to have support for server-side branding for basically every popular framework. Uh, but the first one that Bun will focus on is V. Um, and that's going to need to happen before October because uh, I'm presenting a demo for, of, of VConf, uh, and it, it doesn't work yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, another one that's on the, on the roadmap is a loader API. This will let you import view and Svelte and SCSS and pretty much any other file format uh, that you want. And, and it'll it'll work very similar to ESBuild's API. Ideally, it will even be compatible with the ESBuild plugin API. So that way, you can just use existing ESBuild plugins with Bun. And they'll work for both on the runtime, like on, on the server and on the client, uh, which I think will be pretty cool. Um, I also want Bun to have a built-in Postgres client and MySQL client. Uh, it, it already has a built-in SQLite client, and it's on every benchmark I've seen the fastest one in JavaScript right now. Um, another thing on the benchmark is this TCP sockets API, uh, and and I think uh, that's gonna there's gonna need to be two of those: one for Net, like for for Node's Net module, but also for Bun itself. And I think the Bun version will be it'll it's gonna have a different API than Nodes because. Uh, there's a way to make it a lot faster, I think. Uh, basically, moving the event handling to like context objects that are reused for because right now with Node's API, you have uh, event handlers per per socket, so that gets really expensive if you have lots of sockets, which servers very well might. So then, after that, the next step is edge runtime, uh, and just sort of what I was talking about earlier, uh, uh, and then. Bun also needs like a REPL. There's no REPL right now. Uh, it needs like public docs. Uh, it needs good examples. Uh, it needs a bunch of GitHub actions. 
we it also another one on the roadmap is uh, uh, I like an NP, NPX, but for Bun that doesn't exist yet. It'll be really fast. I think it'll be really good. Um, there's some web APIs that Bun is missing right now. Uh, some of them are also implemented, but uh, a few of those need to be done. Um, there's some work on like, and then I think the, the then there's going to be some stuff with bun install that's missing, and I think the bun install stuff will happen a little sooner. Uh, the bun install stuff that's missing is like GitHub support, like for GitHub packages, uh, like GitHub colon, uh, and then Git, um, and then workspaces and link. Those all need to be implemented. The, really, the basic case right now is implemented of just npm packages, um, and then there's a lot of reliability work uh, that that bun will be doing. In the next six months, like it needs to run web platform tests, it needs to run test two six two, it needs to run a bunch of WebKit's tests. Uh, right now, it mostly just relies on Bun's tests, but I think uh, it, it would be good to, to start running web browser tests in addition to web pla- platform tests. Um, yeah, that's most of the roadmap right now. Yeah, <laughs> very ambitious. There's definitely sounds like you have your hands full there. Um, I'm curious, like, you know, some of the things you mentioned, like um, building a new TCP IP stack or uh, a new, uh, you know, some of those are a new, oh, a new uh, SQL client or Postgres client or whatnot. How are you thinking about, like, what to build from scratch versus what to just leverage existing off-the-shelf software? Because, like, you know, it sounds like you're you're rebuilding so many kind of core pieces of software and, like, how do you kind of think about those trade-offs around building from scratch versus just adopting already built and tested parts of the stack? I think, like, philosophically, Bowden kind of embraces not-invented-here syndrome. Uh, I think that uh, when everything is uh, in one package, you can, really op- you can really make it a lot faster, and you can really make it a, a better developer experience. Uh, it's just a question of, like, how do you make sure it works well and how do you actually ship it? Um, the, the shipping part is the harder part at first. And then the how do you make it works well becomes the harder part. Uh, and I think the answer to, to those questions are mostly like uh, writing a lot of tests. Uh, but I think the, the main thing here is that uh, for these really common use cases of data, running database queries, uh, Bun just needs to be really fast. And the best way to do that uh, is through uh, having APIs exposed in the in having those APIs be part of a bun uh, where it can be easily, r- relatively easily optimized for bun. Uh, I think if it was a general purpose library, uh, it would. I like. I think there and there will be general purpose libraries because it's important that the APIs that bun exposes supports that. But uh, I think that. Uh, it, it needs. To, it just needs to be really fast. Yeah. So, Jared, it's been great having you on and learning about Bun. Um, for folks out there who want to learn more, the website is bun.sh. Um, if anyone's interested in like learning more or potentially contributing, what do you recommend as kind of the best way to to get up to speed? Yeah, uh, the best way to to get started with contributing is probably to look at Bun's README. There's a contributing section towards the bottom, uh, and the easiest way is probably to use the dev container. Uh, and that will get you set up with like WebKit pre-built and, and Zig and a, a few other things uh, that are Bun's dependencies. 
Um, and probably the thing that would be really helpful if you want to contribute to Bun right now uh, is to write tests. Just like add more tests. They can be e either tests in JavaScript, which would be in, in the test slash bun.js folder in Bun's repo, or uh, they could just be shell scripts that, that run something end to end. And if you f file an issue with like a failing test uh, that, that you add, I will prioritize that first. Well, thanks again, Jared. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to PodRocket. You can find us at PodRocketPod on Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks.